0: Coffee lovers, and welcome to the God Country Live Video Podcast. Every every Friday evening at seven PM Central Standard Time. And now, live from Seguin, Texas, and other places around the world. Your host, Jose Roberto Alaniz Jr. Hello, everyone. Jr. and. uh... I don't have my contacts because I tore them sometime over the week that I've been here in Florida. We are in South Florida tonight. It's actually kind of chilly. It's been chilly yesterday and today there's a storm that rolled in. Uh, But the weather's been amazing. Uh, The time that I've been spending with my brothers uh, has been absolutely amazing. And uh, hey, Carrie, thanks for tuning in. Um, If you... um, If you've been following any of our social media stuff, you know that I am visiting my brothers, John and Scott in South Florida. Uh, We served in the Navy on the USS Truett, uh, and it's been almost 30 years since we've seen each other. I'm not going to go too much into that because I'll get all choked up and uh, and and you'll just see. I mean, I don't mind being vulnerable, but I don't. I got to get through this podcast. Uh, so, Scott had to leave earlier today because he lives on the other side. I'm going to take these off. You can see they're causing trouble for me. Um, ah, Scott. Uh, and uh, he lives on the other side of Florida and he's got to work tomorrow. Uh, and so, um, we pre recorded this earlier today. Uh, we had a great time. It's been incredible uh, spending time with them. And I will tell you that uh, if, if you have friends um, that you served with and you've taken too long to reach out, make an intentional decision to take action and go meet with your brothers and sisters uh, because there's one, there's nothing like it. And um, you know, it's just, yeah, I can't say enough about that. It, it's been amazing to catch up with these guys. I think John said it perfectly. Uh, the visit was seamless. Uh, it's like we didn't miss it. We haven't seen each other in thirty years, and it's like we didn't we didn't miss a, a lick. And so, um, uh, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm I had to pre-record this. I've got the recording on Zoom. I'm going to be on. I'm going to be nursing the video here. Uh, Scott just left a couple of hours ago. Again, he's he's got to get drive four and a half hours back to, um, Lake Worth, close to Fort Lauderdale and, uh, or Palm beach, West Palm beach rather. And, uh, and so I'm going to, without further ado, I am going to say my shout out to Ryan hunt, Pando commando. I've been sporting Pando commando and Southpaw, uh, laser concepts gear all week down here in South Florida. And so I brought my brothers with me and, uh, Uh, Hit up Third Day Coffee Seguin. I'm going to put some stuff in the comments. I hope you see them. I've been having trouble um, for some reason. The comments have not been showing up, but the first one is code uh, FL21. And, Carrie, if you can see that, or Scott, you can see that, just put something in the comments. Um, And and then uh, also I'm going to put our D1 code, and I'll explain both of those here in just a second um oh i did that was wrong there we go okay so the first one uh capital f capital l twenty one is the the code that you can use right now for fifteen percent off uh of anything that it's in our store until the until the thirty first of march um and then the second code d one d one is uh a stackable ten percent uh, code that um is uh I can't even see those other things on my oh let me pull it up on my phone um uh, is a stackable 10% code that you if you buy a subscription from us the subscription itself gives you 10% off and the code d-1 uh gives you um uh, an additional 10 so you can get up to 20% off of um uh, coffee subscriptions which is monthly coffee that goes straight to your house and so um oh thanks carrie i appreciate that i i didn't realize that it wasn't going through carrie just reposted um the fl 21 code and then the other code is d-1 and jolie i'll send you some of that florida weather it's been beautiful Uh, And so, I'm going to, oh, I can see the comments here. We pre-recorded this, which is monthly coffee that goes straight to your house. Uh Uh-oh. And so, uh, okay. Sorry. Trying to figure out how to shut that down just so I can see the comments. And then I'm going to put the comment over here. D-1. And hopefully that will pop up. Okay. Thank you. And, uh, somebody else posted it for me too, but those are the two codes that we're using, uh, for this week. Okay. So without further ado, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the video up here and, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. I loved it. I love doing it. Nobody cried. It was good, but we didn't go out on the boat because it was really choppy this morning. And I didn't want Scott to throw up and have to take pictures of him and, and cause he's still active duty. So, you know, I didn't want to have to bomb, bomb him like that, but, but uh, all right, so here we go. Here comes the, uh, the uh, let's see here, I want a application window and then Chrome tab. And let's see, where is it? Right here. Okay, there we go. Make that big. And then I'm going to, here we go. Hello, coffee lovers. Fair Alanis, Third Day Coffee Seguin. And I am here at John Grantham's house uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida uh, with our other brother, Scott Riley. Uh, Scott was deployed last year. I know you guys saw the stuff I posted. And uh, we all served on the USS Truett. Um, and we decommed that ship in 1994. And, uh, and we all went our separate ways. And this is the first time that we've actually been back together uh, since then. So we waited way too long to get back together. And uh, I think we're going to plan some more stuff here in the near future. Hopefully, John and Scott will both come out to, to Texas and, uh, and we can do some crazy stuff down there. Like, you know. What they can't do here in Florida, like shoot guns and, you know, chase people down on horseback. Anyway, uh, first off, we have two uh, codes. The first code is capital F, capital L, 21. Um, that's good for 15% off until the 31st of March uh, on anything in the store. And then if you use the code D as in Delta-1, E1. Uh, you can stack that on top of the 10% that you get if you do a, a uh, subscription on any of the coffees. You automatically get 10% off for doing a subscription a monthly subscription. And if you put the code D-1 in there for the promo code, you'll get an additional 10% off and you can get up to 20% off um, of your monthly subscription. So that's part of the coffee stuff. And I'm just excited to be here uh we're we're, i think we're all pretty exhausted we've been running uh on fumes since uh tuesday night (laughs) and uh you know a lot of it is just sitting around up late talking and and catching up and and just having a, a really good time hanging out together i wish we wouldn't have waited so long uh and down here where john and over there where scott lives it's absolutely gorgeous uh john's just taking us to all these incredible places that you know, if I'd have just come down here on my own as a tourist, I I would not have ended up in the places that we ended up. So um with that, I'm gonna introduce my guests and I'm gonna let them in talk a little bit about I'm gonna have you both talk a little bit about where y'all grew up and uh and what led up to you joining the military. And so, John, since it's your house, uh tell us where you were born and raised and and what kind of led you to the military.
1: So I was born in Los, in Los Angeles and lived in quite a few different states as a, as a kid. My, my dad was a Naval architect. He traveled around to whichever state was paying the most amount of money to design big yachts for rich people. And um, so we went to Kansas and we went to Wisconsin and ended up here in, in South Florida, in Fort Lauderdale, which is near where Scott lives. And I went to elementary school, or excuse me, uh, middle school and um, part of high school there. and then. I wasn't the uh, I wasn't with, with the best crowds in high school and dropped out of high school early. Got into a little bit of trouble. Ended up living with a relative in in Virginia who was a retired senior chief in the Navy, and uh, they took good care of me for about a summer. And then they had about enough of my nonsense and told me that uh, I needed to do something with my life. And there was a couple of other influences that said I needed to do something with my life. And so my my uncle, who retired senior chief, said, you know, he could get me into the Navy and that would straighten me out. So I joined. I was 17 and a half when I joined and um, on an early in program and you know, during Desert storm. And so I joined and then got shipped right off to uh, Great Lakes. And that was culture shock and, and weather shock coming from South Florida to Great Lakes. To <laughs> And it was December when I went to boot camp. So it was like, you know, negative whatever temperature doing pushups on the ice.
0: uh and but i wanted to be like my dad my dad was superman and uh and so i tried to join the air force right out of high school i wanted to be crypto just like him and my uncle and uh that year the air force had a freeze on recruiting and i couldn't go anywhere <laughs> so uh i went to the i was supposed to check in every friday i went one friday and the whole lights were shut off and there was a navy recruiter uh they were all in one building and so First class officer, old chief or whatever he was, was sitting in the doorway, smoking a cigarette inside the building. You know, you know, we offer everything the Air Force has and and uh, I was out of money and I, and I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have a job. And I'm like, yeah, OK, let's go. And so I signed up and and uh, I was gone. I did my first tour on the USS Hepburn FF 1055 in San Diego, and then I got transferred from there to Norfolk, Virginia, to the USS Truett FF 1095, where I met these two clients. And like my friend Frank says, it's not the circus we miss, it's the clowns (laughs) that we serve with that we miss. So, Scott?
1: How old were you when you got
0: it? I was right out of high school. I was 18. Yeah, I just turned
1: 21.
0: Did you really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I I grew up around every race, nationality, character you could possibly imagine. It was a a soup of friends and we had a lot of fun. I don't have any regrets about my childhood It was awesome. All my childhood friends, I'm still friends with them actually. And uh, we keep in touch. Uh, When I was 10 years old, my family and I moved here to South Florida uh, to get away from city life, I guess, and uh, start again down here. And uh, that worked out pretty good for me. I graduated high school here in 1990. And uh, I didn't have any plans to go in the military, although I come from a long line of military people. <laughs> I had you know, in the Navy. My father's a Vietnam vet. Uh, he did four tours in Vietnam. Uh, he was a t- helicopter door gunner, and he uh, was actually in pretty rough shape. I've done four tours, but uh, dad pulled through. Dad, he was always a hard worker, and we lost him in uh, 2012. And. Uh, I guess, uh, like I said, I didn't have any plan after high school to go into the military. I finished high school, and there was kind of no plans to go ahead. So down to the recruiter's office I went, and uh, I just wanted to find a trade, I think. I wanted to find a trade to find something to do that would count afterwards. I wanted the GI Bill, and uh, it made sense to me that I wasn't afraid to do it. And uh, actually, uh, it was the beginning of the Gulf War was firing up, if you guys remember back yeah. then. And I was kind of motivated for that. Episode. That's how they let me in early. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was, I was interested in, uh, you know, taking action. I wanted some Saddam Hussein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I was in boot camp, in like the middle of boot camp, the war was over. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "What do you
0: mean it's over? It's yeah. only been about ten
2: days or whatever it was."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first ship, we actually were supposed to get underway, and uh, we were on old steamer. We've all served on a steamship, and I came from a steamship before I went to the Truett, and uh, we were supposed to go uh, to the Gulf of Oman when all that stuff started. And uh, I think we got about halfway out to Hawaii, and the nozzle fell off the, the tank that feeds the boilers. Um, yeah. And we ended up floating in the ocean for several days before they came and picked us up with ocean going tugs. And while the rest of the fleet's going out to war, we're, we're going back to Long Beach. And
1: somehow we ended up on ships that had already seen their life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, already been, they <laughs> already been through a whole long long long
0: of time <laughs> before we got <laughs> through, uh, <these laughs> were, That is for sure, man. Uh, you know, it's it, it's just, uh, it's been almost 30 years since we've seen each other. Uh, we've always kept, uh, not always kept up, but, uh, you know, here, I guess there's always that, I don't know what it is really, it just kind of, there's this force that just pulls you back together. Uh, I kind of stayed in touch with Scott most of the time. Uh, he and I have been in touch off and on. He's still in, uh, in the reserves. Uh, Scott just got deployed last year to Djibouti. Not my booty, but Joe booty. <laughs> and uh one
1: of the only things i like to come out of facebook actually to like keep in contact sure. with certain people you know
0: yeah. oh yeah uh, yeah that's that's the uh you know uh it has really been uh, interesting to you know I, my wife uh, doesn't understand two things she doesn't understand how I still talk to kids and friends of mine that I went to grade school and high school with and she she does she uh, she gets it but she doesn't understand the bond that that, you know, veterans have. And it didn't didn't even have to be a veteran that we served with. It could be somebody from another branch. uh, And and it's like an instant kinship, you know? And we're just, uh, you know, a lot of people, one of the things that we're, that I'm, you know, you know, exposed to right now is, uh, you know, a lot of times people have a stigmatism about veterans and, you know, and that's all, and people always say, well, You know, you had your day or whatever in the military. But honestly, if you look at veterans right now and you look at the things that we're doing in the communities that we live in, if you look at the business, John owns his own business. Uh, Scott works for the city of Lake Worth, uh, doing what he did in the military. Uh, And, you know, I've got the coffee. sleeping the whole time. Well, yeah, but that's what we did back then too. But yeah, only if they didn't catch us did we do that. (laughs) <laughs> and so, uh, but then, you know, there's a whole lot of people that, uh, that, uh, that are starting to understand the veteran community right now is pulling together. Uh, it's almost to, to me, it looks to me like another post-World War II, you know, all those guys from World War II came home and they opened businesses and they changed their lives. They changed their families' lives. They set up things for the future. They, they valued what time they had here cuz they knew that you know tomorrow is not guaranteed and you know i know john understands that i know scott definitely under you know he just came back from that environment uh and we're all like minded which is probably why we still you know stay in touch but uh right now is our time right now is the veterans community it's our time right now just like it was you know after world war 2 for those guys that came home and just blew all these businesses up and And started all these i mean some of them are empires you know and and so that's kind of where we're at right now but the difference i think with our generation is that we encompass all of them like i can go sit down with a vietnam vet and have a beer with him or have a drink with him or you know whatever a cup of coffee uh or i can go sit down with a guy from korea and just listen to his stories and so i I think that our generation you know we're very inclusive we want to include veterans from all generations and uh you know that's where my my podcast has gone from day one we've had people from all over all over the spectrum you know we've only had one non-military person and he's he's a huge supporter of the military
1: so i think one of the things that holds us together in in the say last two generations of veterans is that you know in history there's there's technological changes And up until about the time that we got into the military, the technology had changed fairly slowly. So for instance, there's some things that my kids, I have kids that are seven and 11, there's some things that my kids will never see that we saw that our parents had and even their (laughs) parents had. And so technology changed very slowly up until like the nineties when we entered in, right? In the late eighties, early nineties. And so we're still part of that generation, that sort of last generation that was um with with the Korean War veterans, with the with the Vietnam veterans that understood that slow change and we can all kind of relate to each other on that level and then boom, it just went crazy. And some of the things that went crazy, we all agree that we don't appreciate and we don't think went crazy in the right direction. And so we kind of are bonding together now on that on that pre-change era. Yeah. Right? So there's changes all the time. I I I get how the Everything changes, and and every generation hates the last, you know, the next person's music, and so on and so forth. That all that's kind of normal stuff, but I think that we still bond with guys. Like if you if you saw guys get out of the Navy now who were, say, turning twenty five and they had just done their first tour, those kids don't have anything in common with the Vietnam guys. They don't right. have anything in common, even though they went to the military, even though they may have done the same kind of duty station like they have nothing in common their duty was completely different the the profile of their of their um platoon or ship or wherever they were located is different none of those things are the same with the vietnam guys or the korean guys we're the last generation i think that has that in common yeah that can walk into a va you know and where you see like the outcome of what happens to guys who you know get old with the plight of what the military does to them sometimes mentally and physically, physically and yeah. we can walk into the va and, and we can kind of just sit down and talk to the old timers i'm not so sure 100 percent sure that say a 25 year old guy now even though he may have served in the same Type of military could sit down and have the same type of conversation. That's, I think, what links us together now. Yeah, like we're all. I think you're right. We're all looking at the change and going, man.
0: And I think it's probably age has something to do with it. You know, John's forty-eight. I'm fifty. Scott's fifty-one. And I think you know, the older you get, you start to value different things. And so I think for us with our veteran community, I I, I can sit down with a twenty-five-year-old and have a conversation with him. You know, I can sit down with an old guy from Vietnam or from Korea and have a conversation with him. But I don't know that the youngest ones. You know, because for it depends. Some people are always are right. There's always exceptions to the rule. I've always looked up to the older guys. You know, even before I served, and probably because of my dad and my uncle, and uh, and so I don't even know that if you could sit down and have a,
1: a conversation about even the Navy on the same level with a 25 year old now that we could have have the it's, conversation. It's like, a different Navy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I was I was shocked when I saw like. The first time I saw a couple of my relatives that got into the Navy in the last 10 years and they're posting pictures from their ship or they're posting Facebook posts. Oh, yeah. And they're telegraphing ships movement, like, oh, we're getting ready to go over here tomorrow at 4 o'clock. We'll be there in 4 o'clock. Yeah, like, that's oh, true. So you're allowing that stuff on Facebook? Like, we have nothing in common with that.
0: No. We, we, we didn't tell our parents where we were going. No, we could. I remember that. I remember uh, when we left on the, on the when I, before I got to the trip, when I was on the Hepburn and we were, we were going to get the boy, we were going to go out to uh the Gulf of Oman and all that stuff started. Uh they said, okay, you can tell your parents that you're getting on the way, but you can't tell them where you're going. When we get to Hawaii, you can call them and tell them that you're underway. You can't tell them where you're at or when you'll contact them again. Even silly places like Rosie Roads Yeah. you couldn't say we're going to Puerto Rico to fire show. Yeah to go do to go do practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now it's it's different. It is very different because you know where I worked for the last 10 years, uh, you've seen a lot of that, but um so Scott, tell me how give me one one thing that the that, that your time in the Navy did uh that has impacted your post military. Well, you're still active, reserve, <laughs> so he's not yet, but you you do have a life in the civilian sector. So so tell me how how the Navy uh impacted your civilian life. I think I accomplished a
2: lot of things that I wanted to accomplish by going to the military, to tell you the truth. Uh you know. I made, uh, a lot of lifelong friends that, uh, you know, are still lifelong friends to me. And, uh, you know, a lot of brothers and sisters out there that, uh, you know, are still like this. We still feel that. And, uh, uh, I wanted to go into the military to get a trade and to uh, get the GI bill and use those things. And I used those things to my advantage. And, uh, I came out with a, a skill and I use that skill to, uh, you know, I operate a power plant now. So, uh, all those skills transferred right over. You know, Jr. was at the power plant the other day, and he said, "I never left the ship." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, archaic, archaic ship to archaic power plant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for uh about fifteen years now, and uh, you know, it's just like being on the ship. Actually, I mean, it's just comfortable to me, and yeah, I accomplished a lot of the things that I wanted to accomplish by going into the military, and they made my life better. I've able to do the things I want to do in life, and uh, Have the experiences that I've had, that I'm I'm lucky to have had, and I'm still having. But uh, I got four more years left to go. Uh, Having come back from Djibouti, uh, I can say to anybody who has any doubts—I doubt any of you do—that we still have the best and the brightest out there, and uh, they're doing a hell of a job. They're doing one hell of a job out there. Absolutely, proud of every one of
1: them. Still proud to be a part of the team. Yeah, one of the things I'm kind of jealous of with your transition is that you went into something uh, that's similar, and you all, you also have camaraderie with the guys that work there, that's similar to the ship. Like everybody, kind of, has, <laughs> you know what I mean. The guys that work there, you guys know each other yeah, in, in and out. Yeah, I don't have that as a self-employed person. Yeah, I don't have that same grounding like
2: that. Right? Yeah, well, I mean,
1: there's family love there. Sometimes you want to, you know, yeah, yeah,
2: knock each other it's out. Exactly <laughs> it's, <as laughs> it's exactly the same.
1: exactly you know, the same. Yeah. Right. Get through that, so, you know there's times when we probably want to strangle each other, yeah, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why we still seek each other out too because in a way we miss that <laughs> yeah there's not there is not that I'm in sure. most places in life no it is you no, know.
0: and it's safe because we can disagree about whatever we want, you know, uh none of us have the same views on everything and and we, we the it doesn't matter we can sit and argue about them until we're blue in the face and and the thing is is that at the end of the day, we're still brothers and nothing's going to come between that. And if somebody else pops in and starts talking smack about any one of them, they're going to get all of them. And so, and that's just uh, the nature of, you know, of the camaraderie, you know, like you say, and uh, I will tell you, I'm going to say this before I forget, but Scott took me to his plant the other day. And uh, first time in 30 years that, I mean, I just, all those feelings, all those memories, it was just like, boom. It was right there again. I mean, they literally have the same equipment we had on the ship. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, it, it, it but it's land based, right. But it, it was, it was just <laughs> awesome, man. It was like walking down the ship again. And, uh, you know, walking around the steam plant or walking around the engine room or, you know, running around ox Two And, and, uh, you know, like it, yeah, it was awesome. But John had the military help you transition, man. Uh, well,
1: for the obvious reasons that I alluded to in the beginning, that I wasn't, I wasn't exactly on the right track, hanging out with the wrong people. Um, I didn't grow up that way. I just kind of the nature of leaving where we left in Wisconsin before I moved to Fort Lauderdale. In Wisconsin was like a town of thirty thousand people in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, where they build the cranes, right there, yeah. like Michigan. Um, and so I went to elementary school, small town, and had all the sort of sheltering of that. In a in a small town. And then we went, you know, kind of thrust into the hood. I, I, I was born in, you know, in an area that was the hood in LA, but, you know, we got away from that for a while and then we kind of came back to it in Fort Lauderdale because the kind of money that my parents were making didn't transfer to the same kind of neighborhood and house in Fort Lauderdale that we got in, yeah. in Wisconsin, you know, it wasn't equal. Yeah. So we ended up, we ended up in the hood, you know, so went, went to a different kind of school with a different kind of uh, melting pot and, uh, Know, like i was uh, a guppy in, in in a shark pond for at least a good year just getting my ass handed to me and you know whatever and had to kind of oh, learn man. the ropes that way so the biggest thing for me in that in that sense was that i developed um instincts and friendships and uh surroundings of kind of the gang life of that neighborhood so that i could survive that you know i so i could become the shark right so i internalized all that i became that guy and um was actually fairly successful at it on the streets but uh then it wasn't going to lead me anywhere great <laughs> uh, uh, great maybe a great yeah, sell uh, <laughs> some great some great right now money and not so much later But uh, yeah. so yeah so my parents you know like i said i wasn't raised that way so my parents basically were like you know this is not working for us i have a stepfather who raised me and he and my mom were trying to kind of really get their life together i had a younger brother and so what happened, I had like this kind of double life going on where I would act one way at home for the for years and then I would act a different way in the streets. And then those two things kind of married together as I got older, like around 14, 15. So how I acted on the streets, I started bringing into the house like, Ooh. oh, you can't talk to me like that, Dad, whatever, you know, I'm big man, right, you know so and my dad's not really a fighter or anything like that so he was never gonna go to that direction he just pretty much convinced my mom that this guy's gotta go so. <laughs> 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 you know, so my mom my mom was like tough love like uh i gotta pick your you know my future so looks like you're gonna have your own future whatever that is so we'll see ya so my aunt who was the black sheep of my mom's family my mom is the oldest of eight kids and my aunt troy who recently passed away this year she was the black sheep of that family she was kind of in the streets like i was as a kid so my mom figured this is the one who could you know straighten you out right but what she didn't really understand is that troy and i were too much the same for her to straighten me out but she didn't account for the x factor of my uncle who was the retired navy who was troy's new husband and they you know and um so my uncle basically said all right so you don't look like you're going anywhere i mean i i went to work and everything i worked in the summer like flipping pizzas down at the beach or whatever but then I'd hang out with the like you know the homeless people on the beach and do whatever they're doing at night. <laughs> so my uncle says, you know, the senior chief. You know? Yeah, he was retired senior chief, and he says, you know, basically the judge says, <laughs> uh, if, if I can help you again in the navy, you will sweep that under the rug. So what do you want to do? I don't have any desire for that. But, you know, but I guess <laughs> what are my options at this point? So we went down to the recruiter, and then it was kind of the same. You know, like the recruiter is like. We've got everything everything you need and you know don't worry we're not going to send you anywhere we're going to get killed all right so i signed up for that deal and, and uh on the early in program but what it really did for me was it it shot me directly out of what i was doing and into instant um, i wouldn't say instant growing up because all the guys were similar age and they were all coming from like different walks different walks but they were all there for their own reasons some of them the same as me. So you know how you gravitate to those same people, even though <laughs> you're right? Yeah. So, but but it was structured in a way where even though you gravitate to those same people, everybody was now on a different trajectory of going to a better location, right? Right. So when I got out of there, then I understood not only how to deal with people. One of the biggest things that transferred to my business and to my success in business, I've had 13 or 14 different companies, big, big and small, but um, is reading people. The Navy taught me how to read people. Like being on the ship in that compartment with all these different walks of life, and these people all have different uh, attitudes and personalities, and hygiene and whatever else. Right? (laughs) It's like, uh, and you have to be able to read that person like from the door instantly. Otherwise, you're gonna have big problems with your punk mate, or your your you know somebody's gonna drop you off the side of the ship instead of tying the knot correctly. Like drop you, you know. You know. So I learned how to read people, and that transferred to this because what I do now—I I literally can walk in the door, and in ten minutes, I can pretty much understand who my customer is, what what their personality is, what they're even even to down to their ideology, what they're expecting from me, what they're willing to spend. I get that in in minutes, you know. And, yeah. and Scott will tell you, like I a lot of times, he and I have had conversations over the years where I just read people, and it's very
0: rare that I'm off. But that's what that gave me—that experience yeah. gave me that because so many different people. It's odd that you say that because I I have a similar, uh, you know, when my daughters were growing up, Danielle, the younger one, she would bring these boys home. And and I was like, no, no, maybe no. And then, and then it's one time she was like, well, we're going to go meet him at the mall. And so Connie and I went, I said, that's him right there. And she's like, no, no, that's not him. No, that's him. I'm telling you right now. I can tell by his body language. I can tell by, and yeah, that's definitely something I think that you pick up in the service, you know. And yeah, it you just, don't have to be there long; it just—it's by default. You I have think. to, otherwise, it just happens. Yeah,
1: it's like me being in the streets. It, yeah. you, you get thrust onto a ship with even oh, we have four hundred people. Yeah, yeah, something like that it was close know, to four hundred. Yeah, fairly small ship, ship, but also you know, fairly small crew. But generally yeah. speaking, you instantly have thirty people around you that all have different reasons and wants.
0: Yeah, and, and you look you at the bonds, out. man. I mean, we still look—we're all all look, Everybody in the Facebook, right? who actually interacts with one another dana anthony wiggins you know uh alexander marsh a lot of, you know a lot of guys from the truett you know we still support each other and you know guys that bought coffee from me guys have uh, when i was back years ago five six years ago when i was you know doing a lot of running and biking and stuff i got guys supported me financially with things that i was doing and
1: yeah that's how you and i like back up I yeah you, were doing your bike thing and you needed to-
0: yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. you bought shirts, yeah, like
1: you were, you, you were just making a push
0: to get those last
1: couple of shirts. And yeah, that's, like you and
0: I <laughs> that's kind of right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Scott. Yeah, John bought. And then John is actually, John was my very first uh, monthly subscription guy, and he's like, yeah, he was in there before I even got the, uh, the program, you know, optimized. And so I just send John coffee every month. I don't even, I didn't think about it. I he's the first one, and. <laughs> And, uh, and he's also a go-to, you know, when I when, I, when I've got stuff that I'm not 100 percent certain about when it comes to business, we we can, I can bounce my ideas off of him, and some of the stuff I love, and some of it I, you know, yeah, two cents you use the one you want. Yeah, you, you know, and <clears throat> and so we we still work as a unit. We always try to lift each other up, and and I know when Scott was gone, you know, the lady from church, Janelle Mercer, she was making cookies for Scott. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> And, uh, I've seen so many smiles that, that lemon <laughs> cookies
0: could make. Was awesome. And uh, we sent him Cheers. coffee and, and stuff that he needed, you know, and just because, I mean, that's, you know, one thing that Scott has done for me personally over the years, <clears throat> you know, John's really helped me with my business. And even before that, <clears throat> Scott always knew that I was struggling uh, with my weight when it was time to go back in, <clears throat> uh, in 2001. I was almost 400 pounds. And so, you know, <clears throat> I talked with a lot of people around that time that I served with, and I'm like, man, I told everybody I talked to, go, go down to the recruiter. They need people that don't need to retrain. You know, they need us right now. And I had a couple people say, well, where are you gonna be? And I'm like, man, don't worry about it. I'll be there, I'll catch you somewhere. I couldn't go anywhere, but I wasn't gonna discourage anybody from going back. And I knew that that we were already trained. And we, and I know that we, anybody, one of us could have fall back right into a well-oiled machine and just keep on plugging which is what scott you know has done over the years and and anyway scott knew i struggled with this all this time and so he's always kept me like i'm part of the team you know and there there are there are things that i've seen that scott has sent me that i that i can never share because <laughs> you know I, I could probably get into trouble or something but uh it was just him keeping me in the loop making me feel like i was still part of that team and and i i think we all we, i think we all do that we all just try to think some part never goes away like you just always want that that thing i think that's the biggest one of the biggest things that veterans have when they separate out of the military they no longer have a mission you know and they no longer have their their you know their brothers their army brothers or their you know leathernecks or whatever you guys call each other uh you know and our shipmates whatever whatever branch of service uh and i think that's one of the biggest things that that veterans today are having trouble with, they're struggling uh, to find their mission afterwards, after they get back. And I know Scott even had some downtime when he came home and he was just like, you know, he was running through, he had a rough patch too, but you know, he's got a lot of people around him, calling on him, checking on him. And I can't tell you how important it is for you to reach out to your brothers and sisters. You know, I don't care what branch of service you were in, I don't care when you served. Uh, you know, I know that the guys that went to combat, it's a little more intense and you need to be a little more on your toes about reaching out to your brothers and sisters when you get home, uh, because it, it, it's important. And sometimes, all, you know, sometimes all it takes is a phone call or a text message or, you know,
2: or a lemon cookie
0: or lemon cookies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Coffee. Coffee. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, we definitely felt the support. Definitely appreciate that. But definitely there, both of you. I mean, John was reaching out to me all along. and. Many, many, many friends and family out there. I felt the support from
1: back home. Yeah, awesome. The real real dear John Letters. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh,
1: I I think what happens with that too, like I was saying before, is that we're always searching for that camaraderie that we had. Right. That's why we seek each other out. But what happens is you see, even through the fishbowl of Facebook, you see that person who... I mean, the truth of the matter is we knew each other 27, 28, 30 years ago, right? When you and I say rekindled and relinked back up, we didn't really honestly know each other because that time had passed and yeah. the, the growing up happened, right? Right. But you automatically see the person doing something that you either struggled with or had success with, and you can relate to that, right. and you know that the one there's one thing that's missing in society right now, which is edification people are really interested in being praised and they're not interested in being edified and being taught or being scolded or molded. Right. 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 But when I see, when I like look through the fish tank of Facebook and go, well, man, he's kind of struggling with something that I've been through already. And I say, well, I already know his personality type because we've been there (laughs) once. Yeah. So I can go and edify this guy in a way that is acceptable to him that maybe another person can't like, you know even a stranger or even a family member sometimes you can't take constructive criticism and stuff from family members yeah. like you can even between us that you did like you had a but it, it's before. a it's
0: a bridge that we don't have to build right that bridge was built when we were active duty right but you can go all this decade
1: or two decades even yeah and go yeah. drop the bridge boom yeah, We're yeah, there. i can just reach in and go mm-hmm. boom because i already know how he's going to
2: accept a like piece that piece of information
0: yeah. right yeah
2: First time you came through the door, I felt like that. First yeah. time he came through the door about three days ago, I felt like that. Yeah,
0: it was just like, like, <laughs> bam, like, like, like we hadn't missed a day. Yeah, my uh, wife said the same thing when you or when you were coming in. She said
1: when I went to Scott's house for the first time because I drove over there solo. Yeah, and um, she's like, hey, you know, "When's the last time you saw this guy?" I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, 15, we, uh, we still years pull years each other's chains the same way. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, you
0: know, yeah, yeah. like
2: that. <laughs> she's like,
1: oh,
0: he's gonna drive over there. Again. What's he gonna do? I don't- I can tell you how he is. I yeah. Thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried yeah. about that. I don't worry about that. Right. You know? And, uh, and so, yeah, that's definitely it. So I'm going to take out before we get it, anything else here, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Ryan hunt with mountain up and my pando commando. Uh, Scott likes this <laughs> yeah, shirt, absolutely. Ryan. So send him a, you know, he just got back home, send him a message. An
2: just like that.
0: Yeah. And then I've, I've got actually got your, uh, your uh, Pando Commando shoes on, and I'm way too fat to kick my foot up this high for you to see it. But uh, I've got my Pando Commando climber Die tennis shoes on. Uh, and then my hat today is from its my prey hat from JD Tierney uh, with Southpaw Laser Concepts. Uh, I brought them hats from JD also. So now they'll be sporting uh, Southpaw in South Florida. And, uh, and so anyway, I appreciate uh, the support that I get from other brothers. Uh, throughout the, the, uh, businesses. I know that, uh, Justin Charpentier has been reaching out here lately, brother, praying for your, for the things that we need to pray for for you. Um, and, uh, you know, Justin was another veteran whose army. is who's a lot younger than I am that he and I were able to connect. He was on the show last week. Uh, and he's really helped my business. You know, the marketing aspect of it, go from hobby to to legitimate business. Um, and so I appreciate all those guys. There's always people to thank. And, you know, if I miss you today, I'll catch up with you, uh, veterans network, uh, I'll talk about that in a little while, um, we're on clubhouse. We'll be on clubhouse later. Uh, we're, we're pre-recording this because Scott, uh, has to work tomorrow and he lives on the other side of Florida. And even though Florida doesn't look like it's very big, it's still a four hour drive, uh, and, and it, it kind of sunk. Boring yeah, it kind of sucked the wind out of us on the way down here. So uh, he's got to try to get back before it gets too dark and, and, uh, and, you know, get back to work, but um, most significant memory off the trip. Um
1: That's a good one. because There's a lot, right? Uh, well, I, I would say I, I'm going to probably put them grouped together because I would say that when we embarked into the Caribbean, and started hitting different islands. And were, you were able to see, even some places that I already been, you know, coming from Florida, I had been to a couple of places. But you were able to see some of the culture of places through other people's eyes, which is one of those things that I was talking about about being able to read and understand people. And um, it just opened, it's like seeing through the through a kid's eyes, like when you have kids and you go somewhere, you know, you see it new, you see it different and so just being able to go out to places say like in st croix or whatever or even even when we were in the states and we went to new orleans we were dried out there and it just seemed like we were never going to leave there but every time you left the ship you just went out and made the best of it with your 200 bucks that you had in your pocket <laughs> yeah. you know that didn't belong to anything else but whatever you were going to do that day that you wanted to borrow money for you know 100 for 150 back kind of deal.
2: Yeah. But yeah no
1: the best my biggest memory is is that Is that concept the concept that i could go with people into places and be able to see through their eyes and and they open the door to something that i never would have walked in and eaten let's say or or a place i would have never gone to listen to music or something it was because of this guy that me to that and then i carried that through to life you know And, and being able to see the diversity through other people like that that was the biggest memory for me i mean besides Things
0: like getting dropped off the ship or like <laughs> falling in the water in between the pier. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, that never happened to me, but yeah, I know that happened. Uh, Scott, well, I'll tell you sure. the
2: uh, yeah the the highs were high and the lows were low, as we know, you know. So uh, we had had our experiences, and uh, uh, I enjoyed going to sea from the time they said underway and you know pulled away from the pier and the games began. It was a, uh yeah, quite a quite yeah. an interesting experience. Uh, yeah, I mean I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. Even though it was great to come back home and get back on land because you're always happy to tie back up and get off that baby. But um I guess one of my favorite memories is uh going up the Mississippi River, heading towards New Orleans. That was enjoyable, that was fun, that was exciting. I felt like uh, you know, how many people get to sail up the Mississippi River on a warship and
0: you know yeah, on yeah. a way to
2: the shipyards, even though that was a low. But the experience of going up the Mississippi River was pretty cool. And that that whole year that we had there was fun. And, you know, we spent some time in the Caribbean after that or whatever was, you know, enjoyable. It was. And, you know, we did got to do some pretty cool stuff down there in Puerto Rico, you know, shooting the guns and doing the stuff we didn't get to do in the Persian Gulf War, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) It was quite over by the time we got there. But uh, Going up to Mississippi almost led me into my my next career after the Navy. I just had the wrong last name. Like when Uh, when the river pilots came on. And they, they only took us x amount of miles and you know That's i thought out that they made like big money doing that yeah and they would they would do say two legs and then they would deadhead die right. and sleep yeah. right? so that. after i got out of the navy i joined the merchant marines and i was going to go try to be a pilot in, in at the mississippi uh-huh. and then I, I realized that it was just all it was like three families you had to have a certain last name otherwise you weren't getting a job i get uh, it and, yeah uh, it was, it was, a, was it was a brotherhood like
0: that i think on the Truitt, uh i don't know if it was you know, shooting at the bus mm-hmm. on Roosevelt Roads, or mm-hmm. uh, there was that kid that was in deck division that wouldn't take a shower. We ended up taking him up to the flight deck and strapping him down and That's scrubbing right. him down with the with the horse brushes, and then uh, <laughs> hosing that, him off with the salt water. That
1: wasn't the first time. We had, we had a couple times in the in the showers where you give somebody like a wire brush kind of setup. You know, <laughs> yeah, to, to teach them how to. <laughs> That's what I talked about earlier, about the hygiene.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's either that or, I don't know, man. There's so many. I have great memories uh, of
1: the... How about about loading all the stuff off the... I don't even remember when we loaded everything. And, you know, you form a line off the pier all the way under the ship. And then... Baby Jane. And then, I don't know if you remember, but um, Moose, Tyrone Hood... Was the only guy who was strong enough to stand at the scuttle and load every shell, yeah. know, every single shell. Know, like, know, each of us had to, like, yes. one, one hand the shell like this. But he was the only guy that could take the shell and, and put it down. And I don't know, we got we 200 shells or something. You know? He was like and, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Man. They, were all, they were all 80 pounds or something. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think I was a buck 40. So, I mean, it was yeah. you know, half of my weight. And this guy could, like, load them down.
0: You know? Yeah, I, I found, uh, you, you remember when I think we did unrep out in the Atlantic, didn't we? Uh, yeah i yeah, mean right. that that was awesome if you i mean yeah yeah, yeah they shoot i mean no, it, that whole yeah,
1: I did all
0: that. that whole process is just uh you know people don't understand it that it's very dangerous i mean it's very dangerous steering yeah, very yeah right. you remember when the other ship they caught on fire yeah. Yeah. and we had to do an emergency breakaway yeah. and i mean there's all kinds of stuff that can go wrong yeah. um uh, when you emergency got two
1: ships too, and going up the Mississippi because the, the line was getting too taut and it was about to snap back so we had to call off the, the one tug and yeah. basically cut the line and free him up so yeah. he was going against the
0: current and
1: pulling us the wrong and
0: I, I think it was wasn't it off the coast of Florida where we were shooting the sea whiz the drone oh with the crazy guy with the Learjet jet with the flag behind it and the guy kept saying one, true what true what sees fire sees fire <laughs> <laughs> it was cutting pieces of the rope so they I mean, is
1: how do you even sign up for that job where you're flying like a Learjet, jet you have a stringer behind yeah. you? Just yeah. I was hoping that the thing is on target. Yeah, yeah. 6,000 so, rounds in one minute and, you, and you're not going to be
0: in the, in the path of fire. <laughs> this like, airplane had taken a, they, they take drones up on a, on a cable. It's a wood, like a balsa wood drone and they fly it up over and it's a target. It's a moving target. It's a
1: live plane with
0: a guy in it. Yeah. like Well, yeah, the plane is, and then they got a cable to just a wood, you know, target and mm-hmm. And they, uh, the Sea Whiz, it's called a closed in weapon. I don't know what they they call them, Phalanx. I think it's called a Phalanx gun now. It looks like a Gatlin gun with R2-D2 on top of it. And it's got its own tracking and everything. Yeah, oh, so. uh, and, and this thing was shooting pieces of that little balsa wood target, you know, which is what it's supposed to do. And uh, after it got all the wood done, it started cutting pieces of the cable that was flapping in the wind. It was cutting little pieces of the cable off. And uh, and I was up in combat when that was going on because I was at the PT-512. And, man, you can hear that pilot come across the
1: radio. He's like, true it, true it once. He's fired, he's liar. I, don't, I don't think that guy, you know, I don't think he signed up and realized the... The, the lack, danger? Of, well, the lack of experience and the people that were... Manning, <laughs> that were manning that thing at the time. You know, like there was maybe one guy who really knew what he was doing and
0: all the rest of us were just... Uh,
1: first time
0: ever, you know? But there was, a, you know, those are great things. I know, you know, my dad rode the ship uh, from Pensacola back to Texas, Scott and John both got to meet him. I don't know if John, I don't know if I knew you that much back then, but I know Scott did cause we worked in the same job. And, um, uh, dad always told everybody that was his last military experience. He was so excited about doing it. Cause you know, at the time he was probably, I don't know, 68 or something like that. And, and he was telling my mom, I gotta go do this. I gotta go do this. Cause this is gonna be my last military experience. And, uh, the guy shows up to Pensacola two days before we even came back from sea. Doesn't have a hotel room. He got there on a Greyhound. He walks up to the gate and he's like looking around like he's lost. Some chief that's coming in pulls over. Hey, hey old timer, you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Well, you need help? He says, well, yeah, my son's uh, on a ship, uh, but I don't think they're here yet. He says, well, where are you staying? He goes, I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to figure it out. He says, get, get in the car. And so he took him down to the chiefs uh, where they have chief birthing, where they can get a room or whatever. And he got dad a room and he said, once you settle in, uh, I'll come pick you up. And we'll go down to the to the chief's club for, you know, for a beer and a drink. I mean, for beer and a meal. And uh, then the next day they took him to the chief's mess to have, to have breakfast and lunch. And I mean, you know, by the time we got there, dad was waiting on the pier you know, he he had three squares and a hot man, and, and I mean, he was good to go. And uh, I still don't know how he did that crap, but you know, that was that was that, that, was, cheap, that, was human that we got.
1: That, yeah, that,
0: that was a, that was a great memory for me. You know, that whole trip. I think uh, I think uh, Laura McTaggart was the only other one who, and her dad came on board also. Uh, and you know, I remember I remember it was just those two guys. Everybody on the boat, man, treated them like they were some kind of royalty, oh, and. Right. They gave him the red carpet treatment. It was real beach picnic. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. did the steel yeah, beach I picnics. Cool yeah, man. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that yeah. in years. No. But, but uh, uh,
1: you guys ever sleep in the hilo nets when it was hot? Oh, no. Lower the hilo nets over the side and sleeping in like a hammock because it was <laughs> hot. And it was like the AC was out in the berthing. It, it was luck. like 200 degrees down no, there. No, we, we were forward. engineering. We were probably parking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did. I do remember one time we were in heavy seas. I don't remember where we were at, but it was like four people on the whole ship that were not sick. Everybody else was like, you know, green and, uh, me and I can't remember who else was, it was like, there was a guy from Tennessee played the guitar, played a mean guitar. And we were up in the, in the anchor windlass up in the front where they had all the ropes, you know, yeah. and we were doing that thing you were talking about the other day where we would, we wait till the, the, you know, the ship would go down and you jump Put and you try to catch land. one of the rungs, uh, where we, we kept all the mooring lines. And, uh, yeah, you look back at that now, I don't know how stupid we were, man. We could have broke a leg, we could have missed that thing and busted our head and died. We did. That
1: was the place where you go to do stupid stuff. It I mean, was. <laughs> I mean, I slept in the birthing that was right after that, you know, first division. Yeah. And that, so that's where we would go in and like settle the score sometimes. Or so just go <laughs> in there and close, close the door and uh, just like beat the hell out of each other on, <laughs> on some pile of ropes or chain or whatever. I went in there, what was it? What was the uh, what was his name? Wynn instant win? Yep. All yeah. Right. Nguyen. Nguyen, yeah. Ooh. Nguyen. This guy, like, talked, you know, he and I oh, got yeah. into some spat or whatever. Ooh. He talked me into going down to that thing and then told me to go in first and then hit me in the back of the head with, like, a mm. dogging wrench or something, like, when I wasn't looking at it. Close the door. So I never got to fight that guy, but he, got he like, got the better of me on that. <laughs> guy.
0: So, and then, y'all remember Les Sakai? You remember that the, the engineering guys, they, they used to they used to hold him down and pull the He'd always put the, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say what we used to call him, but he used to put the patch on his, underneath his pant line. So, cause most people would put the, uh, seasickness patch, they put it behind their ear and his, his guys made fun of him so much that he stopped putting it behind his ear. He started putting it on his butt, you know, and the guys found out that would attack him and pull his pants down and, and rip that thing off, you know, like, no, man, you're going to get used to this. And, and uh there's a lot of great memories. You know, I just have a lot of great memories from the Truett and 30 years later, you know, uh, we all went to John. John's wife, uh, set us up a dinner last night at the uh, horse soldiers, uh, restaurant here in St. Petersburg, Florida called, uh, urban still, urban still house. And, uh, they have the, the same bronze that is at ground zero in New York. They have here, um, in their, in their distillery. And, uh, it's a bourbon distillery, but the restaurant is definitely a five-star restaurant. It's definitely an experience. You know, it's not like, It was really good food. Everything I ordered was awesome. Uh, I'm sure there's better restaurants. I'm sure there's classier places. I don't know. It was pretty, pretty high end, but not the same experience. Not the same experience. And the sure. fact that that we knew that, you know, guys that served in the in the military, just like we did, open that place. And then their story, you know, I was all gun ho when we got home and I watched their uh, 12 <laughs> Strong, watched the actual movie about those guys. They, they said the guys were in house too, up in their own little uh, suite. Yeah, we there, so. yeah, they have a we were able to see some of the stuff they had in the they have a saddle next to the big TV and and they had a bunch of military stuff on the, you know, in the shelves and and uh, a full size bear. The class place is very classy. I highly recommend it yeah, if you're in yeah. South Florida. Uh, anywhere in the Tampa area, I recommend that it's called urban steel house. Uh, and it's just an absolute, you know, it was really nice, great place. Take your girlfriend out, take your wife out, uh, take the family out, if you take the family out. It's going to cost you some cash though. It wasn't the cheapest place, but it was a really, really great experience. Great yeah. I would do it again. You know, if I ever get Connie down this way, that's definitely going to be on the list. Don't get scared off when you're driving there. It's not the best neighborhood. Yeah, it was a rough neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. a little rough driving there, but uh well just give me one last thought man about about this week that we've got to spend together John. uh well recapping on what we what we talked about that it was real seamless
1: we have we we've, we've we've talked to each other on facebook we've talked to each other on facetime we've we've texted we've done all the the social media and, and technology aspects of keeping in touch right but we haven't been in the same room or or. You know had a conversation face to face in almost 30 years right right but it didn't matter and it was seamless it was like it didn't like the time didn't go away the only, yeah. the only difference is how we look essentially i'm much better looking these days yeah, yeah. Better way, way better looking. looking yeah i don't know about him but but that that's what i took away from this i mean obviously the future is set now you know we're going to plan things that's and absolutely right and, and business aspects of it have come out of this this weekend and we're going to we're going to put those those things in effect and hopefully do big things but the fact that it was seamless and it just you know you met my kids and and they didn't ask who's this or you know <laughs> any, anything like that you know, yeah. because it, it all felt like you just came over last week and it and it was just
0: another day your kids probably think i'm crazy because i jumped in the cold pool yesterday <laughs> yeah. i don't know who this guy is and dad but he jumped in the cold pool <laughs> I'm actually surprised they didn't jump
1: in with you because they, that tells you how cold it was that they didn't jump in with you. It was cold.
0: Yeah, it was cold.
1: Because normally, anybody who jumps in our pool that comes and hangs out, they just mob them. You know? they just, they're just glad to play with somebody on the pool.
0: Yeah, it was. It, I was I get
1: in that often. it was
0: rough. It was rough. I needed it, to wake up. It, it woke me up.
1: I mean, that, I don't I know, know how you guys felt about that, but that, to me, it just seemed like
0: I it, think you said it didn't matter. perfectly. The word that you used was perfect. It was seamless. It was as if we had never spent. Thirty years apart. Absolutely. Yeah. Scotty.
2: Well, I mean, it's only been three days, so I guess that part is kind of disappointing that uh, we've got to send Jose home. Yeah. And uh, John and I get to stay here in South Florida, where it's nice and sunny and warm. <laughs> and uh, I guess you're going back to Texas. So, um. It it's- went exactly the way I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any uh, disappointment. Uh, I guess my biggest disappointment is that you got to go. Yeah, I'm
0: kind of down about that. Too. But uh, yeah, I mean,
2: we'll have more adventures. That's right. And yeah, we already got a little something in the works.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, no,
2: I mean, uh, it went exactly the way I thought, um, exactly the way I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, and
0: I, I don't know what's going to happen. I know we're, we're all looking at an October thing, uh, down our way in Texas, Austin. uh, Austin, New Braunfels. Um, and so if you're listening and you're a Truett, one of the guys that we served with, uh, that's where we're going to be. And, uh, how about, how about you? I mean, for us,
1: we we've been hanging out together pretty thick for years, but you came you kind of came into our in our into our hood so to speak. How did yeah man? How, how did you feel? You felt like you were
0: welcome and everything? Oh yeah, I mean it was just uh, it was like you said it was it was one hundred percent seamless. I mean I I I felt like it's as if I've known your family forever. It's you know I mean you know Scotty's mom walked in the door and I mean she was like it was like my aunt or something. You know reached up and gave her a hug <laughs> and we sat down at the table and and shared a meal and. Cousin Joe came over and and uh, you know it was just like I was part of the family there and here. But i was dressed in green. And you know, yeah, right. And it's <laughs> and just and that, nobody uh, holds
1: back who they are. Like, yeah, they they you
0: know, don't. You know, and and we all you know we all like I said before we all have things that we don't that we don't we're not all like we're, we're, I'm not down here because we all think exactly alike. We don't. And um, and so, uh, but that's the nature of. The camaraderie that the military builds in people. Uh, these will always be my brothers for the rest of my life. And I would do anything for them, just like I know they do anything for me. I mean, phone call away, you know, whatever. And um, and so I, one of our shipmates, Martin Miller, he's, he posted on one of the pictures that we posted over the weekend, he said, Man, I miss my shipmates. And my answer to him was, Man, do something intentionally. That, that's right. Make plans intentionally. Go see your brothers and sisters. You know, I live in South Central Texas by Austin. My house is always open. Uh, I know Scotty's the same, and so is John. You know, I mean, don't wait till but you can't do it. And don't wait till it's too late till one of us, you know, because listen, the day that you're born is the day that you start dying. That's inevitable. And You know, don't let it be something catastrophic that has to happen in your life for you to say, oh, man, I I would really like to go see Scott or I would really like to go see John. Man, do it now, you know, and uh, I promise you, you're not going to you're not going to get a door in your face uh, with anyone that you served with. It's just you're probably not going to get a door in your face with anybody that you didn't serve with, even, you know, veterans are veterans. And, uh, you know, I've opened my door up to. A brother that I didn't really know. Uh, he was coming through on the way back from dropping his wife off in uh, at a hospital, a specialized hospital in California and in Southern California, and he needed a place to hang out. And I was like, "Dude, you need to stop by here." And you know, Brian, Stacy, and his daughter came by the house, and we sat down at the table and had a meal. I never met the guy, but he was in the service just like I was, and and you know, he and I are very like minded. And so, you know, it's not just our shipmates, but our shipmate. That's pretty tight. That's a pretty tight circle. And, uh, I just really appreciate everything that you guys, you know, Thanks, you John so much for, for opening your house up and your wife, you know, cooking and setting up the restaurant last night. And Scott, let me, let me hang at your house. The first night I am so blessed to have met your mom and your cousin, Joe. Uh, and, uh, I'm not going to share pictures of Scott's yard, Connie, because, uh, I am not doing that. Um, <laughs> and so uh, and I'm not, not his either. We're not, we're not taking pictures of that. Hey, you see it, Fans just
1: above the bar. (laughs) Yeah, you're not not gonna get to see that either. (laughs) It's above the bar because it says you're not allowed to see
0: it. (laughs) And so, uh, I just encourage you, uh, you know, especially if you've been in the service before and you haven't reached out to somebody in a long time, do it because you just never know um, what that will lead to for one. Uh, This has been an incredible, you know, I just walked off my steady job a few weeks ago and this job was planned before I left. This trip was planned, and and uh, I am so so very full that I got to come out here and hang out with my brothers. It's just it just I can't even explain how good it feels to be with these guys again. And like Scott said, the worst part is is I got to go home, uh, and I'm gonna miss out. My Brian's not his family is sick right now. I'm not gonna get to see them tomorrow after all. Uh, but I'm gonna get to go see one of my schoolmates, Louis Acosta. Uh, on sunday uh and you know he and i've been in school since we were in grade school together so um, nice. yeah it's gonna be that's,
1: nice we talked about it the other day that's one thing that i don't really have i there's a couple of my buddies that you know we're kind of fish fishbowl facebook you know friends they yeah. see each other's lives but i don't have that like a, a schoolmate right so this is my camaraderie level right here it's from that era
0: yeah and we're kind of picky about who we hang out with too, you know what I mean? <laughs> well,
1: they're, yeah, they're, I mean, we talk about that too, that there's some yeah. people that, you know, just because you served with them or went to school with them or whatever, it doesn't mean you really have anything in common. Yeah, like, you may not want to hang out time. with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, all in all, uh, it's been a great week uh, here in Florida. The weather's been incredible. Uh, we had, a they got rain last night. I don't know how often they get rain, but man, it was a great storm. It just came in while we were eating and it just rained and rained and rained. And by the time we left, it was done. And so it was really nice. Uh, But uh, Scott's going back, uh, back to his side of Florida today. uh, So he can get some rest before he has to work tomorrow and, and, uh, and I'll be on my way Sunday. So uh, catch us up on the website. You know, we're really pushing subscriptions right now Uh, and white label. If you, if you have a venture or you have a business, And you want to treat your customers right treat them right with third day coffee scheme and uh we will see you next week at this time at 7 p.m central standard time and my guest next week is a army veteran uh from new york that is a uh is a friend of mine that i met through one of the groups uh paul atkins has an incredible story of overcoming adversity uh you know in and before the military and through the military so Uh, hit us up next week for then. And then Sunday, if you're on Clubhouse, hit us up for veterans praying, praising, and whatever pops up at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Clubhouse. Until next week, treat each other the way God intends. us. Treat one another with love, kindness, and respect. Love you guys. God bless. Wrap. That's a wrap. (laughs) Shot time. Uh, okay, I'm trying to uh, stop the video here uh, before it gets let's see. all right, get back on here. Uh-oh, what did I do? All right, folks, so that's uh that's it. that's uh that's a wrap. <laughs> that is uh, God country coffee uh, for March the 19th and I I can't tell you how important it is to reach out and, and don't wait 30 years. You know, um, we've been really blessed uh, Scott and John and myself to, uh, uh, you know, serve at a time where, you know, we didn't have a horrible, horrible time in the military. It wasn't, we didn't see horrible things, but there's a lot of veterans out there that do go and see horrible things and they do horrible things and they come back and they have trouble adjusting and it's so important to reach out to your brothers and sisters, you know, there's nothing more important. And I just can't tell you the joy that I have felt this week, uh, being here, uh, hanging out with guys that I served with. I never really thought it was going to happen, you know? And even when I was flying in, it was still just surreal. It just, you know, and then walking into Scott's house. I mean, it was literally just like we were hanging out on the ship, you know, uh, not much in our relationship had changed and it's like we picked up the exact minute that we left off in the same way with john and so i encourage you to to stay in touch stay in touch with your brothers and sisters all right and so um thanks brother scott's chiming in i'm gonna i'm gonna show this while i while i wrap this up don't forget to hit us up um Hit us up on uh, on our website. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, if you're on Clubhouse, we'll be there Sunday doing veterans praying, praising, and whatever pops up. Uh, we're pushing subscriptions right now, so you use the codes. Uh, Buy coffee. I'll be back on Monday, and I'll be roasting on Tuesday. Treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another with love, kindness, and respect. And until I see you next week, God bless you.